Everything's just turned to shit. I know. Well, <laughs> let's um. Maybe we should bounce off and actually talk about real stuff. Now. <laughs> yeah. Um. How are you? All right, let's just pause there. Hello, my name is Dom Evans. I'm head of production at the Fox in Melbourne. Uh, Chris's answer to that question and many more coming. Um, yeah, I think that sigh that you heard just there is pretty much summing it up for me. Uh, what a time. What a very weird time. It just felt uh, kind of appropriate that in this really strange time maybe we hop back on the podcast and uh, just try to figure out what is going on and um, band together a little bit, you know. There's all this talk of isolation and self-isolation and that's strange enough. So let's try to reconnect a little bit. Um, And naturally I started to think, well, what is this? Is this season three or is this just like a COVID-19 update? And then I thought, do you know what? It probably doesn't need a label. Let's just do it. So here's a podcast with Chris Nickel freelancing currently at the BBC in London. I thought I'd get him on just to work out what the bloody hell is going on. This is Podcast. Yeah, good. Yeah, man. Just, you know, just living the dream in the centre of the epidemic. Well, near enough to it anyway. Um, what um, is happening in your world at the moment? Can you just paint me a little bit of a picture of how your life has changed in the last week or two? Um, yeah, so uh, I sort of be freelancing all, all around the shop, but most recently at the BBC and um, helping out. Um, the station sound team there. So spending a lot of time in the office. So, you know, go back two weeks in the office or in the station. Mm. Um, And then, uh, you know, fast forward to Monday, what the uh, Monday, the my maths is suddenly failing me. What was that? The 16th? Was it the 16th on Monday? Sounds about right. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it was. Uh, Fast forward to Monday, the 16th. Easy edit point there. (laughs) <laughs> I, um, yeah, like I, I, you know, I was sort of a little bit, you know, we've been watching the news over the weekend and I was a little bit apprehensive. And then come Monday night, um, some recommendation here in the UK was to keep pregnant women away from other people. Um, and because my wife's pregnant, that was it. So now I'm on uh, self-isolation with her and my daughter. Uh and uh, yeah, it's been—it's mm. pretty mad. Like, I mean, I—I I, I like working from home anyway, but um, yeah, I think it's mad because it's enforced, not chosen. Mm. Um, mm. And so, even though I like it, I know lots of other people are struggling with it. Um, but I was talking with a friend earlier today, and I think the nice thing about how the world's kind of changed in the last week, or you know. So sort of blowing it out from just my world to people in general's world here in the UK is that like um, I'm having FaceTime calls with like three or four mates at like 11, um, you know, like 11 and everyone's got a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and we just spend 20 minutes shooting the shit, you know, and, mm. and that's cool. Like that's kind of like what you get when you're at work, but you're doing it from home. So I think a lot of people are starting to appreciate the idea of what it's like to be at home all the time working. Um, so that's been quite nice. Um, cause even though you, even though I was choosing it, it is, um, uh, you know, it, it can be lonely unless you make that effort. Um, mm. 
but yeah, it's certainly um, sort of yeah to circle back around to the question. It, it, it's kind of been quite a fast handbrake rip on for the industry here. I think I'll be the first to admit I was a little slow to realise the seriousness of it. Like, and I'm very much there now. But um, I was the one going, "Oh, this is oh, this is ridiculous. This is crazy." And I, I'm just trying to think. There must have been a moment where I went, "Oh shit, this is a thing." Can you remember, like, what was that moment for you where you went? oh, this is like actually a, a really serious problem now. Yeah, that's actually quite hard to pinpoint. I think, hmm, because, well, you know, sort of talking about it, what, since January probably, eh? Like, I, know, I appreciate January f- is when it became like a known issue. Like an like like international news story, really, wasn't it? And, mm. um, yeah, so I think about then I was sort of, oh, that's interesting. Um, having travelled through um, Southeast Asia in 2009, so that was sort of, I can't remember if it was on the beginning or the tail end of the swine flu epidemic and stuff, but, you know, I sort of uh, pretty blasé about that one. So I wasn't particularly concerned about this. Um, but I think as – I want to say maybe mid-Feb, I was starting to be like, okay, this is weird because there's absolutely no um, guidance coming from – any European government that I could see is definitely not the British government on traveling to and from um, the infected area of Wuhan and, and and other places in China. And then it just sort of suddenly there were cases popping up all over the place. And then we had a case. And I'm, as soon as we had a case, I thought, shit, here we go. You yeah. know, this is, this is a real deal because um, it's here now. You know, by then I think we all knew. Um, how infectious it was and that it's effectively just like some mad-ass flu. Um, But I would say I haven't really been proper concerned about the illness as such from my own perspective until the realisation and the guidance from the UK government that pregnant women need to be careful. It sort of hit home more to me that, okay, like – this is a legit I'm not breathing on people and people better not breathe at me and give me my two metres of space, thanks very much, uh, probably <laughs> since Monday, you know, like getting that train home on yeah. Monday night after hearing about the keep your distance if you're pregnant thing. I was mm. very – some dude sat next to me on the train and I was actually like a little bit offended. Mm. But, I mean, it's not like, like he could doing? have sat yeah. somewhere else because it's not like there are mm. other seats. But, you know, I was a bit like, why are you sitting next to me? Like we're clearly now very – we could infect each other. I mean, I, I sort of had a couple of days where I was just trying to reduce touching surfaces and stuff. And then <laughs> elbows. there was one day, yeah, elbows. <laughs> trying to mix taps. with your elbows, eh? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. cigar, point five dB. I said a little difficult <laughs> yeah. with my elbow. Um, and then they declared a state of emergency for the state and uh, started, like, restricting travel. And I thought, oh, okay. And then I took the train the next day and there were no seats. So I got on and I, like, put my hand up and held the you know, the thing. Mm-hmm. And I looked up at my hand and I had this moment where I was just like, why am I doing this? Like yeah. this now feels, I've never thought about this before, but this now actually feels dangerous to like touch mm. rails on trains, mm. you know. Mm. Super weird. Um, so you're freelancing at the BBC at the moment. Um, what's the BBC, inv- I know you haven't been there since Monday, but is your understanding that a, like a large portion of the BBC are working remotely at the moment? Oh, yeah, totally. Like it's it's shifting very quickly. Um, mm. 90% of the team I'm involved in are, are working from home, if not all the time. In fact, 100% of us are working from home, if not all the time, then most of the time. Um, there's a little yeah. bit of a roster, and I know some of the guys are going in 
one of the guys is just going to go in every day anyway because he's like, I'll go mad in my house because I've just got a room. Um, yeah. And also, I kind of think like at a certain point there'll be no one traveling, so it'd actually be quite it'd be safer to go out. Totally, yeah. be fine to go out. Um, uh, but you know, listen, I think from sometime next week, depending on what happens with cases and things, um, I think ever you know it'll almost be a hundred percent. Not not the whole building, but certainly you know the teams that I'm involved with, one hundred percent will be from home. Um, you know, because I think there'll always need to be boots on the ground at a radio station, but there'll probably be mm. a roster of or some description in, in place so that if a person is ill, someone else is able to go in. Um, like a bit, a, a real skeleton, a true skeleton totally, staff. Totally, yeah. totally. Um, but I, I mean, I random aside, but a friend of mine just um, launched a massive studio complex in Holborn in central London. He's got like four control rooms. He's got a hall bigger than um, Abbey Road's hall. Um, wow. You know, like a shit ton of microphones and cameras, and it's fucking incredible. Um, and he opened it two days ago. Um, wow. And, of course, everything's dead, 12 weeks. It's like, fuck. Mm. You know, that's one of those moments where it's like you've, you've worked your whole career towards launching something like that, then um, you launch it, and then you just implode because you can't afford it. And it, it's mm. only because of this disease. It's not because you've overreached. You know, it's just oh, so unfair, isn't it? Mate. It's so frustrating. And I think the thing is, like, the last thing I want this to be is like a, a panic podcast. Sure. In fact, if anything, I want it to, you know, remind everyone that, you know, like we will be okay. But you have to acknowledge, and I'm glad that we are acknowledging, like this is a, a massive problem. Uh, it's a massive health problem, but being young, touch wood, I really hope and, and believe that like we will all probably be fine. Chances are, yeah. but the flow on like the flow on effects are just like almost completely incomprehensible. I don't think it's we can really like. Would you agree? It's probably way too early to read how much of a problem this is going to be, but just can't help but feel like it's it's really going to fuck shit up, man. Oh, <laughs> like, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Life is going to change fundamentally. Um, I think it's, you know, if not for everybody, for our generation, you know, I think we'll feel yeah. very differently about things. Um, the positive change, I think the positive changes though, like how many businesses have been reluctant to allow people to work from home? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and now, now going to be like, you know, you have to work from home because you're not going home and not working because we need to keep making money. Um, whereas before mm. that, it'd be like, you're not working from home because you won't work. You need to be in the office. It's interesting how the sort of perspective changes um, just through an event like this. Um, so, uh, you know, I think after post, post corona, I do think there'll be a lot more flexibility in people's lives to work from home. And I wonder if that even might be part of the recovery process is businesses, because, you know, businesses are going to be struggling, obviously. Mm. Maybe do they downsize to smaller offices to reduce their costs mm. and go, look, you guys have worked from home for 12 weeks um, brilliantly and um, we're going to shrink our office as we rebuild and um, you can continue to do so even maybe just a few days a week or I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think there, there there are definitely some options like that. I mean, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but in the UK, there's some like stupid mad tax system around um, business rates that have driven the high streets into the ground. I think loads of businesses will go. Well, we don't even need bricks and mortar anymore. Like, 
like we just need a post office, but you know, a PO box and um, maybe half a dozen meeting, um, you know, like what do you call them? Like we work or something where you can go and yeah, have a meeting. Sure. But otherwise, we can do it all remotely or in cafes and stuff. So I do think that's going to massively change. I think there'll be a a huge shift in the work-life balance. I mean, we all have phones and it can stop us from turning off at the end of the day. But um, mm. I feel like, I don't know, I, I'm I'm a very self-motivated, really good at, at, at working and switching on and switching off. I find working from home quite easy because I could do a couple of hours work, switch off for a couple of hours, switch back on for a couple of hours. Um, I'd, I'll work anytime I need to. I prefer to work a certain period of times, but I can also be kind of malleable. And um, I think that um, will become an attractive skill to, um, uh, to employers in the future post-corona because um, they might want to be able to operate that way. Shit, man, you could, I don't know, go live in Tassie and then, you know, just fly in once a month. I don't know. Um, I could, yeah. I mean, not that I would, but, I, you know, I could go live on <laughs> Jersey Island or go live in France. No one likes the French. Um, you don't want to go, go to Wuhan, Chris? <laughs> yeah, it's a cheap flight. It's actually, it's, it's a very cheap. <laughs> I, hear, I, I hear they've got some decent markets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. What's your favourite? No, it's no, that's yeah, a oh, bit of a bit Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, like, sorry, um, folks. Look, I've got a bungalow at the back of my house, uh, which has been set up to work from home for a while. Uh, I even worked full time from this bungalow for probably like three or four years, yeah. and I yeah find it much more productive working from home. I do love going into the building, and I'm in the building pretty much all the time. But if I get a day at home, I find, you know, by eight thirty when most people are getting to work, I've already been working for an hour and a half. I go get a coffee at seven, and yeah. I'm on the tools. Yeah. And then by eight thirty, got an hour and a half done, and then, you know, as you say, another three or four hours, quick bit of lunch. It's not some shit lunch because you, you know what I mean? Like there's so many benefits mm-hmm. to it, back to work, and then you can work till five, six, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you count those hours and all the work you can do, no commuting, I mean the productivity I think definitely goes up. And I do sense that over time there's been this stigma, not to me, but just in general of like, well, if you're working from home, you're not working. But I think people like you and I already know that that's just simply not the case, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, do, I mean I would say it takes uh- – certain personality to be able to kind of have that drive to crack on. I uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I, I'd love to be able to get up and get on the tools as early as you, but, um, you know, morning routines with a child make things a little different. But, yeah, I'm, I'm working by 8, 8.30. Uh, and like you, I just crack right through until, you know, lunchtime, have a decent lunch. Sometimes I won't though. Sometimes I'll have like a work and eat, but then I'll take an hour out and do some exercise uh, and mm. then I can get back on the tools and then I can be finished by five and that means I can spend a couple hours with my daughter before bedtime, her bedtime, not right. mine. Uh, <laughs> that'd be funny. She puts <laughs> Is there a bed. difference these days, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> barely, I must say, barely. Um, you're lucky you're getting me up this late recording. Um, <laughs> it's 9.30 <laughs> in the UK at the moment. <laughs> but uh, I think like – um, I think you're right. Like um, it is extremely productive. Um, I think um, maybe the reticence from people, both employers and workers, uh, is uh, – it does – I think it takes a couple of weeks to find your rhythm. 
Um, for sure. And, and that yeah, yeah. couple of weeks is risky and 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 tough because you'll be extremely unproductive and you won't be particularly motivated. But then after about two weeks, when you've kind of got everything set up how you like it, you you know you kind of all of those dumb things like oh I left that piece of audio at work or oh you know I, I need to I need to have <laughs> yeah. this this tool or this thing. And once you've kind of worked through all of those little problems, you know oh I need to set my email up whatever. Um, after a couple of weeks, you just you suddenly realize you're in this amazing rhythm and you're just smashing the workout, you know. And I think so. I think you're right, um, but I think it takes the discipline to just get yourself through that couple of weeks um, to figure it out. I also think probably it's um, a lot easier when you um, don't have too many distractions around you, like if you've got flatmates that don't give a shit or, um, you know, housemates or whatever, I think then it can be difficult. But if you've got a good, like, sounds dumb, but a safe space to practice your work in. Yeah, a dedicated space helps, I think, for sure. Yeah. Like, no one wants to work in their bedroom, you know? Yeah, and I think this is probably the thing because, and it's just dawned on me, I've probably been a bit limited in my thinking. Uh, like, when I picture working from home, well, like, as I said, I've got this bungalow set up with twin monitors and mm-hmm. speakers and I've got two desks and it's all very much like a dedicated space. And I know you've got a similar sort of setup, don't you? You have, like, a room. But yeah, I've got a room. For some yeah. people, if they're just, like, at their kitchen bench or, as you say, maybe a bedroom... Well, suddenly, that's quite a different setup. It's a lot um, less attractive, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't quite paint the same picture. Um, and I'm thinking, like jokes aside, from like a productivity mindset perspective, if you're sleeping in your bed and then you're getting up and you've got this little desk in the corner of your bedroom that you're working in, that's going to quickly start to maybe feel like a prison cell, or mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, you've done a lot of work from home, like. What are your like? If someone's listening and they're just they've, like they've just started doing self isolation or working from home, is there mm. any like what are the hot tips? Do you reckon? Um, you will lose your mind, and I think you've got to embrace it, like, and use it sort of to an advantage. And by that, I mean like, um, you don't have that person that you interact with at work that is either your soundboard or your um, vent board or someone you just can hate that makes you feel better about something, you know, like th- that person that walks that in That escalated? Tell- well, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, you know, yeah. hate, hate's a strong word. Um, <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, you know, someone comes in and says, um, oh, I need you to change a promo, and they walk out and you've changed it seven times already that day. You're not going to love that person. Um, mm. But, you know, those sort of emotional – Interactions, those roller coasters. I think uh, you know it's sort of like a roller coaster, but r- by riding it, it gives you um, a, a weird sort of. It sort of fills your um, day with more than just a screen and a mouse and monotony. Um, but as soon as you remove people, a lot of that stuff can go away, and you're just staring at emails um, and and sort of you're lost in this digital world. So, um, you do go a bit stir crazy. So you've got to embrace it. It sounds dumb. I talk to myself all day. Um, uh, but I also like, will call friends and I'll talk to them. Um, not all day, but on and off, just like, you know, <laughs> ring up yeah. a mate, have a quick FaceTime. I think I, as I mentioned before, um, and I think like mindset is, um, about breaks too. So I won't, I don't just sit down and just go, right, I've got to make 500 promos. I wish I could make that many in a day. No, I don't. I don't wish. That's stupid. Uh, <laughs> no, no. But, you know, me. like I don't just sit down and go, I've got to make all this shit and I'm not going to stop until I've done it. I try to, like, break my day up, like, with other stuff, um, you know, and and, and and so, yeah, like calling a mate, um, sending a couple of emails that have nothing to do with work, 
going to making a cup of tea, having a yarn with my wife, um, you know, shit, just walking outside and getting a bit of fresh air, um, whatever, just something, you know, so it's not like just glued to a screen all day. Um, so stuff like that I think is really important. One of the things I definitely struggled with lately is actually taking time out to do some sort of, sort of form of exercise um, because actually if you're getting really stressed, it's like the best thing to do is to like take an hour out because actually you go back and get more done. Um, yeah. I'm actually so glad you brought up exercise because I get up at um, 5.30 in the morning most days and go and do like a six o'clock group PT session. Mm -hmm. See, do you know what I just heard when you said that? I heard that you get up at 5.30 because you're a massive douche. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay. I don't hear any of that other stuff. (laughs) Um, And I need it. And I feel like if I don't have that, um, it's weird. And funnily enough, I have a feeling – that soon I might not be able to go to those classes, and uh, yeah, dude. So that's that's gonna get interesting, isn't it? Is that we're gonna have to start doing this exercise from home? But I find it so important to my like overall my mental well being more than mm-hmm. anything. I reckon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, exercising is isn't everybody's thing, but I think like it isn't just limited to you know jumping around like a nut at five thirty in the morning. <laughs> I I personally like to just push some weights around. You know, again, that's not everybody's thing. But like Personally, everybody I like needs- jumping around like a nut at five thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See, like, but like some people just want to walk and be normal um, compared to you and I. Um, you know, but but it's and true. Like cool. just yeah. like going for a walk around the block, it counts just as much because it's just like you know, um, it. I think it's just taking you out of that space and. Um, you're doing something completely different to what you do for a job, and that's sort of a way of filling your creative well, um, mm. you know, topping up your levels and and giving you, you know, because I mean, in- inevitably, I don't know about you, but inevitably, when I do exercise, I tend to end up sort of thinking on, um, you know, or, or I not maybe not dwelling on the problem I'm facing with the work I've got on, but um, you know, sort of like it's in the back of my mind, and I find myself coming back to it, and then by the time I finished exercise i've either solved the problem or i have a couple of ideas i want to try in order to sort of move forward Mm. um and i sometimes i wouldn't have had those ideas uh if i just stuck slaving away you know smashing my head on the screen trying to come up with Mm. something or whatever it is i think yeah taking care of yourself is so important and also diet right like it's not just exercise it's holistic right yeah 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 like you know without sounding too hippie you know get enough fruit and veggies in you and um, you know, don't just eat loads of chocolate. Although, what have I been doing all evening? Um, Chocolate's pretty good. I had it, some uh, raspberry bullets last night. Too many. They're very oh, good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I haven't had them in ages. Yeah, they were good. And I had <sighs> some yogurt sultanas as well, which um, my girlfriend Tash thought was a bit weird. But I don't know. It took me back to childhood a bit. And I don't know. It's funny. You know, it feels like cliche to call them tough times, but let's be honest, like they're fucking tough times. And I think, I don't know, maybe I just ret- wanted to like go back to a safe place or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh-huh. That's funny. That's great. That's, yeah. Mate, we should all rip out fairy bread. Remember fairy yeah. bread? Anyone who is not Antipodean is going to be like, what the fuck are these two talking are about? But fairy bread is magic, people. White bread, butter, hundreds and thousands. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm also just really conscious too, Chris, that you have been in the game for a long time and you've done a lot of things and you've seen a lot of things. You, and the benefit of that is perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, you must be sitting there. What's, I mean, you've got another kid on the way. So obviously your your life is, is stupid. 
<laughs> is far greater than just your work. But what's your sort of perspective on this? How do you look at this entire situation is in how we're going to get through it and then what's on the other side and just your overall sort of view on it? Yeah. Uh, shit, dude. I, I've not even thought about that. So this is going to be fun. I'm just going to think as I go. Um, That's when the best stuff comes out. Totally. Yeah. This is, this is, uh, yeah, this is uh, raw, unedited, straight from my brain. <laughs> Philosophy um, with philosophy Chris with Chris. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Could you imagine me as a philosopher? That would be horrendous. I um, can. I can. Oh God! Actually. Don't, don't. Um, I right I think like to tackle the first part. Like, yeah, I, you know, the most important thing to me for a long time was you know being awesome at this shit that we do. You know, audio branding, imaging, whatever you want to call it. Like, I just wanted to be like absolutely mental at it um and um you know at all costs uh that was the most important thing to me um definitely not so much now you know i i having kids and getting married and stuff definitely gave me a slightly sort of different perspective on what was important you know um i think i even mentioned in the last time we chatted you know losing my father sort of changed my perspective on what's important to me um and I mean, it's a shame that 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 happening was the you know had to teach me that lesson. But I'm glad that I learned it early enough before I'd started my family to know that like slaving away behind a computer making promos is not going to like kind of connect me with my family. So um, uh, I certainly feel like um, like I love what we do. Um, I think it's important that we share what we do and that we all know each other and, and you know, it's a small space, but um, there's loads of us making cool shit and we can all learn. Like, and I love that kind of community feel about it. Um, you know, so I do you think it's still important to shout out, but I don't think it's important to like be the best or, um, you know, to, to, to be the person that's leading everybody in this charge for like making great stuff. Like that's not important. Mm. What's what's important is just sharing your ideas and learning and growing, and I think that that's now where I'm at. Where, um, someone I was talking with someone else today, just generally about shit, and saying like I don't even I don't even know what plugins to recommend to people so much as combinations of, and by that I mean like I'm not like just buying the latest fucking whatever has come out. One, because I need the money to live for the next 12 weeks <laughs> while we're all on lockdown. But two, like um, I've got so many things and actually I'm more interested in, oh, what happens if I do it this way or that way? And I'm more interested in learning stuff because that makes me feel fulfilled um, than I am about, um, you know, anything else. I think learning is like that's the journey we're really on. Mm. And like, yeah, to pull some philosophy into it, I think that's what, the meaning of life is to learn and you learn some stuff that you can pass on and you learn a whole bunch of shit you can't pass on. But that's, that's just what life is to me anyway. Um, and so, so like a lot of this technical crap that I'm learning, I'm not, that's not going to be important as far as I'm aware to my kids. That's just important to what I do. But if I do what I do with pride and, um, uh, you know, compassion and, and not, not compassion, like, um, Fuck, I don't know. You just do it with a load of like, I just, compassion. Is I, part of it. If I do it with the, like pride and joy, and I really show them that I love doing something, then I hope that they'll find something that they love doing and love learning more about, no matter how long they've been doing it. So I think that's kind of where I'm at. 
in terms of, um, you know, sort of my personal philosophy generally about what we do, you know, because anyone can throw a whole bunch of songs together, but, um, you know, as you do it more and more over more and more years, you just want to be able to do it better than you did it last time. Mm. Um, and so um, then to sort of bring that into, you know, what's going to happen, um, I think like I don't think much is going to change in terms of what we do. I think most of the changes will come sort of from behind the scenes, um, more the business perspectives of things. Um, mm. And I think it's more there'll always be a need for what we do Maybe it will change and maybe we will all be um, guns for hire, so to speak. Um, but I don't know, I, not always. That won't always be the case. I mean, the the UK industry is, is really vibrant with lots of independent production houses and freelance producers, but then there are lots of people at stations as well um, doing stuff. So I, I think that... Um, I think that kind of ecosystem will continue to exist. Um, it may grow or shrink a little, but I don't think it will change fundamentally, at least in the UK. Um, I think um, it will be more about the technology and the delivery platforms and um, a lot of this working from home stuff will definitely shake up the business structures of um, radio or audio providing companies, let's call them. Uh, and so, mm. therefore, our relationship with those companies might change. We might deliver different stuff or whatever. But I, I think there'll always be a need for audio. Um, and I think, I, you know, I think one of the things I sort of tell people that I speak to now who are interested in what we do is, they, you know, go back ten years. I might have said, you know, imaging's a great career. Um, there's a lot of great prospects and ideas and things you can do. Whereas now I tend to say that imaging is cool, it's a lot of fun, but it's one strand of uh, audio. So totally. by all means, be wicked at doing imaging, but one day you might want to mix records or you might want to record bands or you might want to record podcasts or, you know, I don't know, you might want to do sound design for film. There's so many other avenues. And I think sometimes in our bubble we forget that this is just one strand of many audio um, jobs. This is so true. Yeah. And so I sort of trying to, I mean, I, I'm stuck in this radio thing. I've not done much outside of the radio thing. I'd love to do more. Um, it takes a long time to build those connections. Um, but that, I think that that is really the future. I think we, you know, the businesses that we work for will change and that may or may not require us to be full-time. Um, and if it doesn't require us to be full-time, then we may like to involve ourselves in other things. Um, so I think, yeah, that, if there's a change, that will be it. Very good point. Um, and I'm also just aware too that you're a freelancer um, and people might want to throw you some work. And, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, I'm here. How do people get in contact with you if they have a project? Um, they can just go to wizfx.com, W-I-Z-Z-F-X.com. Um, I'm taking all sorts of jobs, whatever you're offering. All offers. All, all offers. offers. All offers considered. Uh, uh, and in terms of just building connections, um, I feel like I know the answer to this, but you're happy for people just to reach out, flick you an email and say hi of course, or whatever? Of course. Chris at WIZZFX.com or just go to the website. Yeah, dude. Um, Might be by, a couple of FaceTimes in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. FaceTime away. I may or may not accept them. Depends if you like seeing my legs because I like to wear <laughs> <Yeah>. shorts. 
Um, so, yeah. Uh, man, thank you so much for chatting and, um, you know, stay safe. All the best for number two. And, yeah, it's been a real pleasure. So thanks so much, Ledge. Thanks, man. Good on you. Stay safe. Chris Nickel, absolute legend. Thank you so much again for coming on, brother. Uh, and thank you for listening. Um, I hope that this has been positive and helpful. You know, there is no hiding behind the fact that this is going to be a really hard time uh, for some more than others. If you're struggling and you're really finding this just a bit too much, please put your hand up. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety around. There's a lot of uncertainty, but, you know, we will get through this. So please be kind to yourselves and take care of yourself. Um, I'm at Dom Evans AU on socials if you want to get in contact. And if you'd like to come on as a guest, send me an email, podcastshow at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks so much for listening. Thank you.